Limited is a weekly relationships podcast that focuses on how to develop, improve, and sustain thriving marriages. Our goal is to help you establish strong relationships with yourself and with those around you. I invite you today to adventure on the beauty of relationships, the joy of discovering your potentials, as well as those of your spouse. Hi, I'm Helen, Certified Master Life Coach and Certified Relationships Coach, and I'm all about relationships. Welcome to Love Unlimited. Our topic today is what to do when you marry a highly competitive spouse. Marriage is one of the most interesting relationships known to man. Two different souls, different individuals and different personalities with different desires and ambitions meet and choose to espouse each other. They blend their dreams and hopes to make one family. They plan, they celebrate milestones together and grow all together if God blesses them with a long life. If they are blessed more, they bring about children and create wealth if they have that ambition. They act like penguins or doves together forever. That is the calling of two people who love each other. To love, to cherish and to hold, just like in the marriage vows. Those are very light words that everybody loves to hear in every wedding, but they mean a whole lot more than just what we hear. To love, there are times when love will be challenged. It will become the only option or the only ingredient that holds you together. To cherish, there are times when you really want to throw your spouse out or times when you just want to walk away, but you remember that you have to cherish this person as part of your life. And to hold, hold means to hold hands, to hold emotionally, to hold spiritually, even when things dictate otherwise. Having a competitive spouse can be a blessing in our marriage relationship. It can be the engine that propels the family to greater prosperity, wealth creation, success, and even children who are brought up by a very competitive parent, they tend to achieve, become high achievers in either education, career, or professions. These highly competitive spouses make the wheels of the marriage vehicle run. There are times, however, in the relationship when the dreams of the competitive spouse and the less competitive spouse become incongruent. And that's when things start going the wrong way. One spouse wishes to pursue his dreams or her dreams and career dreams and does not want to make room for other things that may be more important to the family. And the other spouse thinks that, well, you've been the one doing all the career growth, the development. I too would like to do that. And in such cases, strife sets in. This definitely causes conflict and disagreements, especially when it comes to finances, because there's no career growth without finances. One of my stories that I share with my friends, I once wished to pursue my academic career. I love studying. I can say it's my kryptonite. You want me to be happy? Put me near books and I'll be happy. So we married a few years after our first degree and we both dreamt about doing master's PhD, just pursuing our passions in the academic fields that we were passionate about. And a time came when my husband was the one to this degree and considering the financial situation of the family at that time, it was totally impossible for both of us to do it at the same time. So I opened up and I told him, well, I'd really love to do it, but guess what? You're the 
main guy, the provider of the family, you can go while I support you. And then when you're done, I will be the next one in line. So I supported him with time, financial, emotional, everything he needed to make sure that he achieved his goals. I took all the other roles of family care, financial care for the children, taking them wherever they want so that he could focus on his academics. It took a short two years for him to complete the course, which was a really good thing. Immediately he graduated. It was my turn to go to academics and I was so excited. I was over the moon thrilled. I'm realizing finally the dreams of my life and I told him, well, it's time now. And unfortunately at that particular moment when it was my turn to go, we had other financial things that were more pressing. We were planning to emigrate to a new country. Our children needed to go to a better school. And back then, we were paying 100% of school fees for the children. And so we had other challenges that were right in on our face. But guess what I did? I went ahead and told him, no, I don't want to know. I have to do my share. If I don't do it now, I don't know when I'll ever do it. We may, And if, especially if we migrate to the new country, I don't even know how their programs go. So I might as well get started. Well, we went back and forth and it was not pleasant. Guess what I did? I went quietly, registered into a master's degree, took a loan in my, from my society and from my savings and went ahead. I felt betrayed because I was hoping that my spouse would support me right back at me like I had done. So I struggled through the master's. He did support me, yes, especially with my research. But that was after a whole year of struggling alone and I felt totally betrayed. I learned that in time, these things do occur in relationships and you feel like you're let down, you plan things and they don't go your way and you feel betrayed. I graduated and I finished uh, my course and he did help me with the research, which was very, very important. Otherwise, I wouldn't have graduated. From there, I really managed to get my career progression going well because that particular paper, the master's degree, was crucial to my next job level promotion. And I got it. This is just my story. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know if you're the ambitious couple or your spouse is the very highly ambitious globe-trotting business person or a pilot who looks to add more hours or a doctor who has to work long hours in order to move over on to specialization. I don't what you go through. But in most marriages, there is one spouse who is more ambitious, more career-driven, more business-driven than the other. And if it happens, in some cases, there's two of the, of you with the same kind of drive. There's bound to be some friction in some time or the other. Sooner or later, it will show up. But how do you handle that? How do you handle that conflict or that tension that comes up from people with different desires who love each other, starting to drift apart because of career? Well, in my opinion, these are things that are easily tackled, easily discussed and solved. If two of you are willing to sit down and discuss in detail your career progression. This is what I learned from my own mistakes, that it is easy when you sit down, the two of you, and clean up your own disgruntled emotions about your career progressions from within. Number one, lay down a five-year career progression plan 
for both of you, not just for your husband or your wife. You need to lay down that five-year progression marked by all your career and business plans that you need to do every year to the detail. For instance, if your spouse wants to upgrade his certificates to professional level or wants to upgrade maybe to a specialized course, or you would like to get just another degree to help you get a promotion at your work, lay down how much money is required, who will take care of the children if you have any, who will be doing most of the routine work at home, what financial support do you need from your spouse, what emotional support do you need from your spouse, who will support you should you decide to use your savings, how will you plow back your savings, or are you going to get a loan, or are you on a scholarship, all these things need to be put down for every five years. This is a very important thing. We have it in our family, we have it in our house, and we try as much as possible to stick to it. And now that we have teenage children, we also include them and make them part of the whole program. Number two, make room for changes or progression. For instance, sometimes you may be working in a company or an organization that shows you that there's a career growth and for some reason that business or that employer's business goes down or becomes insolvent. Economic downturns in a country, war, all these things can affect your five-year plan. And maybe for some reason, and I don't pray for this, sometimes illnesses can happen accidents can happen and this might change all things. It put things in topsy-turvy. It's so bad. So what do you do? Do you stick to your five-year career plan because you sat down and talked about it? Absolutely not. Sit down, make room for changes. If possible, maybe you may need to get another extra job to make up for a family budget, especially if your spouse has been involved maybe in an accident or isn't well. So if there's such cases, still make room for changes. It does not mean that your five-year career plan is put on the shelves and forgotten. No, you just make adjustments according to what happens. Number three, budget. If your finances cannot support both your ambitions in the career or academics, it's important to try to find ways to do it. Don't blame each other or put pressure on each other about your ambitions. Budget together. See if you can save together. If you took a percentage of what you earn every month and put it aside for that particular purpose, maybe academic purpose, progression purpose, whatever it is, save. And let that saving be given the name of the project that you're putting it for. It's not ambiguous. It's not miscellaneous. If it's academic, right there, academic savings. If it's certification of your professional goals, you write there, professional development savings. Let it be clear so that should anything happen, one of you doesn't go saying, oh, we are short in our mortgage. Let's go get that money and we put our dreams on shelves. No, try as much as possible to stick to your goals. And number four, in case one of your spouses is very stubborn, and I know there's a number of us out there who are stubborn, and you don't want to sit down and discuss your ambitions, your passions, your drive with your fiance or your spouse in detail. If you do it, you can't do it soberly without bringing in conflict. You can seek the help of a counselor or a family member whom you both hold in high esteem, whose advice is very material and important to both of you. You can seek external help so that you can put this 
conflicts to rest once and for all. I believe that career ambitions is a good thing in marriage. It's not a negative thing and it can be used for growth of both of you as lovers, friends, and as a couple all together. And it's also a very good foundation for children. Children, like I said, with parents who are ambitious tend also to follow the same passion. So if it is used well, it's excellent for the relationship. But if it is led to bring conflict, it is a terrible, terrible ingredient. I would also like to know how you deal with a competitive spouse or ambitious spouse, if you have one. Is it through discussion or do you keep quiet and go it along the quiet way or do you just ignore it? Please let me know how you do this, how you handle a competitive spouse or highly competitive spouses. They are out there and we love them dearly. Please let me know. You can drop a message or you can leave me a note on hello at guruhelen.com at guruhelen.com or at twitter.com. Guru Helen at twitter.com. Until next topic that we shall be talking about passions and desires in relationships. This is Helen signing out. Peace and love to y'all.